and welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, and joining me this episode is Ariel. How's it going, Ariel? Oh, it's going great. How are you today, Pat? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it is uh, the start of the week here, and uh, I'm not quite ready for it, <laughs> but uh, but that's okay, because uh, we're starting it off with one of my favorite things to do, which is uh, chat with, with people around these parts about different coffee stuff. Yes always a good time yeah mm-hmm. so today we're going to be chatting about uh cold brew and iced coffee some of the differences between them and uh and 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 stuff and getting into some of the different ways you can brew each of them and and maybe even what you can do to uh enjoy the drink a little bit more with something extra in it uh but before we get into that is there anything in particular you've been excited about from a coffee perspective yes i have actually been drinking um coffee from the philippines recently and it's delicious that is awesome uh i can't remember was that which one was the one that you shared with me was that one of the 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 filipino coffees or was that uh, a different origin i think it was a different one but yeah this okay. one is from mostra coffee um i think cool. they're based out of la but yeah it's uh they're mindanao farmers processed coffee it's super Very tasty cool. yeah i am i need to try more coffee from the region because i don't think i've ever had coffee from the philippines before um now that i think about it uh and um, it's int- very intriguing to me uh, because I have heard that it's there's some unique. Um, I don't know if there are unique varietals grown there, but just in general. Yeah, the tasting um, notes are are pretty pretty tasty. Like this one has notes of baker's chocolate, warming spices, and s'mores. And the other bag that I got is a medium roast, and it has notes of orange, vanilla custard, hyacinth, and milk duds. Yeah, and. It just seems like the conditions there are not like remarkably different necessarily than some of the other places in in Southeast Asia, but unique enough that um, you're maybe going to get some some interesting different notes than what you would find mm-hmm. uh, even from other coffees around there. Yeah, and I, you know I'm half Filipino too, so I got I got really excited to see that there was you know some yeah absolutely <laughs> quality for sure. coffee coming out of the Philippines is very exciting. totally and. I think part of that's because, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Philippines is one of those regions where there was so much Robusta coffee grown because the the there's so much demand for instant coffee in places like China and Japan mm-hmm. and uh, and and Korea and stuff. So there there's uh, the shift to to growing some of some more Arabica beans is kind of more recent. From what I understand, like within yeah. the last twenty years, recent. Yeah, it's uh, the Philippines. Um, Vietnam's another one. Um, yeah, India actually they they have they have a little bit of a specialty coffee boom there too. So it's it's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, it's exciting to see those regions that are you know have the climate for coffee production mm-hmm. um, becoming kind of joining the field a little bit more in in terms of specialty coffee production because uh, it just means like means potentially better pricing for those communities Mm -hmm. for one and then also it for everybody else it means you know you're getting more unique coffee from more different places which is always cool yeah i uh i don't have i haven't been i've just been like rolling with my standards recently like 
lots of uh, pour overs and an aero press here or there and uh, and 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 admittedly a lot of super auto coffee the last couple of weeks because it's been a busy one around here. Yeah. But uh, so I don't have anything exciting and new to talk about, but still really enjoying Boon Boona coffee. I want to say I think Jake and I talked about that last time. Um, yeah, I saw but that. They're really good. That was that was a good video. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, we have a video up of a uh, of the tasting and stuff, and um, and I've been writing about them a lot recently, and uh, their coffee is super good, and uh, has I the the we didn't talk about much in the video, but they I can't remember if you were there for the conversation or not, but they they use some traditional East African roasting techniques too, which is really cool. Oh, um, yeah, I wasn't. I from wasn't what I understand, I don't. I'm not an expert on it, so I don't. I don't know exactly the whole. Um, the whole story. I'm going to be doing some research on it because it sounds like something really cool to highlight and write about. But yeah, there's some like unique roasting techniques that they use mm-hmm. based on like the vessel that they roast in and stuff. And, um, and, and yeah, so, uh, very cool. Check them out. Their coffee is really good. And, um, and, and they're a really cool, uh, organization overall, um, doing really cool stuff for the producers that they work with, uh, in, in East Africa. And then at home, a lot of really cool inclusivity programs and like community building events and stuff like that at their cafe and roaster. So still, still really enjoying their stuff. Nice. That is awesome. Uh, Yeah. Um, but with all of that said, uh, I figured we could get into the topic of the episode, which is cold coffee. Yes, uh, one of my which favorite ways to consume. Coffee. I know. Yeah, that's why I pulled you in for this episode because because <laughs> um, I know that you're a fan of uh, <laughs> of cold coffee. Um, so uh, the first thing I thought we could talk about because people are not always. Um, super familiar with the differences is there is a big difference between iced coffee and cold brew right yes yeah so i thought maybe you could give us a little bit of a rundown on like what the two what the differences between the two are to start us off absolutely so iced coffee is it, it starts off hot and you pour it over ice so the ratios are a bit different you're going to use kind of more coffee and less water because it's going to be dripping over the ice so the ice will kind of you know it'll obviously it'll melt and get diluted um whereas cold brew coffee is slow steeped for kind of a long period of time and you typically make a concentrate and then cut it with water after it's done brewing um so the the flavor profiles are going to be a bit different and there's also with cold brew there's this there's significantly less acid in it because it is slow steeped whereas you're going to get some more of the brighter flavors if you're going to be doing iced coffee right yeah Uh, i would say that the flavor differences are pretty significant Mm -hmm. if you um even if you haven't had both of them before if you taste them side by side you'll notice some pretty they're pretty different cold brew kind of gets a little more like even if you're not just drinking the concentrate, even if you cut it, it's it's definitely like kind of a richer flavor. Yeah, it's like it's thick in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. It it tastes like you are um I don't know how to describe it. The first time I had cold brew, it's like it's really good and also I was like oh, is it supposed to taste this strong? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer is yes. Uh, and you kind of get used to it. And you can always cut it with more water if the flavor is a little too strong for you, which is one of the things I like about cold brew is that like for a period of time in college, I just drank the concentrate straight. 
Um, I uh, still do that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's also cool is you can cut the concentrate with like water if you want to do like water and ice, or you can do it with like milk and mm-hmm. stuff too. So um, you can kind of use the concentrate almost like it's espresso. Um, it's not the same as espresso by any means, but but it kind of has a similar like it's a little stronger and it gives you more room to work with. Yeah, um, it's got more oomph, you know. But uh, but I think iced coffee also can be a little more convenient to make sometimes because um, you can just sort of do your normal brew method mm-hmm. um, over ice or adding ice at the end or whatever. Like iced Chemexes are probably one of my favorite ways to drink iced coffee just because the presentation is so pretty and you get that, you know, kind of, you know, more refined I'm af- flavor of the Chemex. I'm always afraid of it, and uh, it speaks to my AeroPress woes that I've talked about before, um, because uh, I always worry that if I put ice in the Chemex and then do hot water over the ice, that it's going to result in like explosions happening somewhere, um, which is silly, because that's, that doesn't happen. That's not how Chemexes work. Uh, <laughs> they're a glass that you can absolutely, that are, are, don't have issues with temperature changes Mm -hmm. but still i have it in the back of my mind that like if i pour hot almost boiling water over ice in a glass container that it's going to cause problems so i've always been afraid to make them but i love to watch other people make them because then it's if if, (laughs) if my fears come true someday and if they're in a not real chemex and it's just a regular glass and it explodes it's not something i did exactly and and yeah you're just like well you you do it then you go first yeah yeah (laughs) um but so in terms of brewing iced coffee, that's kind of gets us to the, the, the thing I wanted to hit, which is um, in a lot of cases, you can just adjust. My favorite way to brew iced coffee is I do it in a drip brewer with a thermal carafe. Okay. Um, and you just maybe use a little less water mm-hmm. and then have your ice cubes in the uh, your vessel that you're brewing over. And then it'll make it'll cool it down as it gets into the, the carafe or or um mug or whatever uh and i think i find that that works pretty well you can play with ratios to kind of get the flavor right it's not as exact Mm -hmm. really um if you're doing it in a chemex like you were saying you can get your weights a little more uh perfect because you can brew on the the scale and add the ice on the scale so you know exactly how much water you're Mm -hmm. compensating for um but then there's also some brewers uh, like I the one that comes to mind is the Precision Brewer from Bravo, but there's other ones, too, that have like iced coffee settings that kind of walk you through it. Yeah, um, that's that's one setting that I've I've wanted to play around with because I know they do that. Like they have a coffee over ice setting on the Precision Brewer and they also have a cold brew setting, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I just I just need more cold brew than what the Precision Brewer can do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, makes sense. Um, so speaking of cold brew, uh, that obviously totally different. Like you were saying, you're you're steeping the coffee overnight or over an afternoon or whatever. And um, and then you're also getting a lot more leeway in terms of like how you do the ratios based on what strength you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- so um cold brewing is fun because you actually don't really need any equipment to do cold brew if you don't want to i mean you should freshly freshly grind your coffee Mm -hmm. um like with any brew method 
and you're gonna go like pretty coarse i always go coarser than what people even recommend but generally it's like sea salt consistency right yeah you want to use the the coarsest setting on your grinder i typically go for for like a french press type grind so yeah it'll have that kind of those big flakes i guess you could say and you do that because you want a larger surface area on the grounds themselves since you are steeping the coffee for a longer period of time mm-hmm. so there's less of a you for for the um extraction to occur you're not uh looking for the same kind of like i don't know it's not like the grounds dissolve in something like espresso but um that larger surface area makes it easier for the water and coffee molecules to bond um when you're when you're steeping over a long period of time and really if you don't want to if you want to be super not fancy at all you can just uh like pour your grounds into some cheesecloth or something <laughs> yep and pour and wrap it up tight and pour water over it and you can do it in a pan or you can do it in a mason jar or whatever and then remove the grounds after 12 or so hours, eight to 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can steep cold brew in the fridge or on the counter at room temperature. It's, it's either way. It's, it's going to give you slightly different flavors. Yeah. Um, I typically do mine at, um, room temperature. Yeah. It's, it's funny how you said you can steep it in anything you really can. Um, before I had any cold brew equipment, I would actually like get like a big, like stainless steel mixing bowl, mm-hmm. um, you know, and let it steep there. And then I would, this is so bad because I didn't have any filters for it at the time. I was working at Caribou Coffee. Um, so, yeah, I would steep it in a mixing bowl and then I would like put paper towels over like a big, <laughs> big sifter. And then I would yeah. just like, yeah, I just pour it and it, it worked, you know. So you can definitely like cherry rig something if you don't have anything on hand. Yeah, you can try stuff that way too. Um, what you can. The, th- the thing about it is that when you use the sort of DIY methods like that, the the things you'll run into is that you might have a harder time with cleanup. Yes. Um, because like if you're like me, I, when I use cheesecloth for stuff, I don't like to just throw it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're so cleaning it can be a big pain once you use it for coffee, because, you know, the even though it's a coarser grind, the stick when it gets wet it's still going to stick to it and mm-hmm. you know do you want to rinse that down your drain do you do you want to spend time like <laughs> scrubbing the cheesecloth to get the coffee out etc yeah. um and um the other thing that is very hard to control for whenever you're using a method like that is if it's not a very fine mesh mm-hmm. um even if you're using cheesecloth which isn't going to let any grounds through if wherever you've tied it off or whatever, there's a potential for there to be grounds seeping out. Um, and then you get like a sediment and, mm-hmm. and uh, at the bottom of your, your uh, cold brew vessel that you're brewing in. And there's always going to be a tiny amount of sediment yeah. whenever you make any kind of immersion brewing like this. Like it, it happens with, it can happen with like French presses and stuff too. Um, which is another way to brew cold yep. coffee, by the way, is cold brew coffee is in a French press. Uh, but um, the 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 sediment can be worse when you're using uh, devices that aren't specifically designed yeah, to sure. make the coffee as um, silt free as possible. 
Uh, so I actually, yeah. so what I actually started doing um, is I got um, like a nut milk bag. So you use that and then you use like the, the paper filter mm-hmm. in the toddy. So that way, if your paper filter breaks, then you've got like that backup. Yeah. And then you have the felt filter that's in the toddy. Um, so that's actually pretty effective. Um, and you don't have to spend too much time scrubbing the cheesecloth because, you know, there's the paper filter in there. Yeah. And, and that is, uh, what I was going to talk about next is, um, there's, there's definitely brewers you can buy as well that will, um, give you a more convenient or, you know, slightly more, um, dialed in, give you a little more control over your brewing process. And the big one that, that is probably the most well-known is the toddy cold brewer. Mm-hmm. I love mine. So, yeah. there. I mean, it is kind of a does it all cold brewing device. You know, it's kind of like the, the only one it's very simple. Like it's basically just a large jug mm-hmm. kind of thing, almost like a Gatorade cooler or something. That's yeah. always what they reminded me of. Um, and it has a plug at the bottom. And then if you use everything, I can't remember if, I don't know if the toddy offers multiple, there's def, there's a micro filter that goes in where the plug is. Yeah. So that's like the, f- like the final kind of round of defense against silt and, and excess grounds. Mm-hmm. And then, um, there's a paper filter and I want to say they have like a cloth mesh filter also. They, they that, do that now? Yeah, I, I think, but I could be wrong because there's a bunch of different brewers that use similar stuff. Um, either way, you can use your own, your own, like you're saying, like using um, different kinds of bags for filters or using a cheesecloth filter or something in addition mm-hmm. to the micro filter. And then they definitely have the paper filters and you put your grounds in there and then you add the water and then it brews in this kind of big jug. And you can set it over a carafe that's fitted for it. And then you just kind of unplug it when, like, undo the plug um, when it's time to uh, separate the coffee from the, the water. And then it drains into the carafe and you're good to go. Yep. Yeah, it's got like a little cork at the bottom. Yep. Uh, and I think Toddy is great because, you know, the paper filters are are disposable. I, I can't. I th- Are they do you know if they're compostable? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure they are. Um, I think they are as well. That's um, yeah. So if you don't want to just throw it away, you can. I believe you can compost it. Um, you could certainly also. It'd be pretty easy to dump the the compost and then just recycle the filter or dump the grounds into a compost bin if you do, bin if you do that and then mm-hmm. um, and then recycle the paper too if you're worried about that and uh, that makes the cleanup a lot easier and then you can just kind of wash the 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 larger cooler part or honestly in a lot of cases just rinse it um you don't have to change the micro filter every time you brew uh so yeah that can last a few cycles and i've heard people say i think yeah i've heard people say they reuse the paper filters also um if you i wouldn't personally but uh but i've heard it before um so it's generally a fairly sustainable device to keep running. And the thing about it is that it makes cold brew in such volume that yes. you definitely won't have to do it. <laughs> Even if you exactly. want to be drinking cold brew 
all the time. You're definitely not going to have to actually brew in it more than once a week yeah. or two. Because it makes um, like a like a gallon of cold brew once you cut yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and you can get the there's like the commercial size one that is I think even more. I am um, not that far gone yet. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you're brewing for like a family or something, you know, yeah. you can if if you have like you know multiple kids in high school that like cold brew or something like that you can you can definitely get the commercial one and that's the thing about these these brewers too is they're not expensive in the same way that a lot of hot coffee brewers are because they don't have like mechanical parts Mm -hmm. in them or electronics in them so uh, the even the commercial toddy cold brewer is way less expensive than uh like high-end drip brewer for example yeah for sure Um, because you're talking about just like kind of plastic and paper parts and and so it's not so bad um and that one is is really easy the thing about the toddy then this is why it doesn't work for me is it does take up a, a lot of room whether it's when you're storing it or when it's being used to brew it takes it's a pretty big thing yeah um, it is it is pretty large um if it's not so bad if you have if you're like primarily drinking cold brew and you maybe have a have a pour over setup or something but like i have a drip brewer and a super auto on the counters so then to also try to squeeze in where the the toddy would go that's like the space we use for food prep so Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's just not a lot of room (laughs) yeah it is it does take up quite a bit because there's like multiple pieces to it yeah but there are Um, smaller ones out there yeah so that's the thing you can get smaller there's things like uh there's similar um, immersion with plug brewers to the toddy out there that are smaller. Um, toddy makes a uh, brewer that they came out with recently called the Artisan mm-hmm. that brews in smaller quantities. That's probably my favorite one right now. Um, and it has it, it's similar conceptually. It just it uses smaller um, pieces, basically. Uh, and I believe it has like a metal mesh filter. Yeah. I want to say that so one does. I like calling um, it the Bebe Toddy. Yeah. Um, so that one's nice. Uh, and then there are there's also the Brewer Cold Brewer, um, which is like a drip brewer. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of doing the toddy thing where it's all uh, immersed and then you pull the plug and all of it drains, it's like a slower drip brewer um i think that's how that one works right yes that one yeah that one actually does make really good coffee too it's uh it's got a different flavor profile though i think it's it's not quite as um it's a bit more delicate than the coffee that the toddy produces yeah yeah it's definitely um a little bit different than uh than the the flavor of a a toddy but that's what's kind of cool about it and Mm -hmm. um is that it gives you a little bit different and in that one you're putting um you could also it's interesting because you're usually i've seen people put like ice cubes in the top Mm -hmm. too so they melt and that's when it's dripping through the grounds into the chamber and then through the filter and everything so all in all it's like a unique kind of blend of iced coffee and cold brew coffee uh, ways of doing it. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool. Um. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have your kind of um, bottle and jar <laughs> brewers that use a lot of these similar concepts mm-hmm. um, to to brew in smaller quantities, like in a little jar or bottle you can just stick in the fridge. Yeah, exactly. Like if you, 
if you want to just kind of, if it's just you, you know, and you just want like your bottle of cold brew for the day, you get it together, pop it in your fridge, and then you've got it like the next day ready to go, which is super convenient. I can't remember the jar based one that we had. Oh, there was, there's the rumble jar. Yeah. That one's pretty cool. Has like a thin mesh metal filter in it that it uses. Um, and then you've also got uh, your Premuler, Premuler, Premula <laughs> um, bottle brewers. Um, so those are kind of like, you can just brew, you can set your ratios so that you're brewing the cold brew that you can drink straight. Mm-hmm. You could do a concentrate too if you wanted to. But with the Primula Brewers, it's kind of like if you just brew with the water ratio for or coffee ratio for um, the straight drink that you're going to have at the end, you can just take the filter out and then you have a bottle that you can just leave in the fridge um, that will be uh, full of your cold brew. Yeah. And I actually I really like the Primula bottle because you can you don't just have to do coffee. You can also do tea, which is, you know, awesome. So it's. It's like yeah. a multi-use um, infusion system. Yeah, yeah. Some of these, and that's kind of true for some of these. Like, um, is it the brewer? I think I've seen people mm-hmm. say that they make tea in sometimes. Yeah. Um, a lot of these you can do like a cool immersion or slow drip uh, tea kind of brewing in them. Um, reminds me a little bit of like making sun tea, um, which I haven't done in Forever. a long time. But well, uh, to be fair, we really don't get that much sun here. Well, <laughs> you get, you get, there's t- <laughs> recently we had plenty of sun. Okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's our, our three um, week long summer. <laughs> yes, definitely. I remember we made sun tea mostly when I was a kid living in Florida. Mm-hmm. So a uh, little bit more sunshine there year round for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of different... The point of all this is there's a lot of different ways to make cold brew. Um, all the different ways are generally based around the same con- same concept of immersing coarsely ground coffee in room temperature or colder water, and then the extraction happening very slowly over several hours, um, or 8 to 12 hours usually is the time frame. Um, what's cool about it is, like, with a lot of other brew methods, you can control... Your, you can tweak your flavor profile by changing your ratios or changing the amount of time that you steep for. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's room there to kind of get into it a little bit. And it's one of the cases where those things, adjusting those things has more of an effect than, um, like you kind of just want to keep the same grind level for different cold brew methods. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because for other brew methods, changing the grind level is definitely one of the parameters that you use to mm-hmm. um, control f- for uh, flavor. But here, because it's such a slow brewing immersion style, you want the largest grind you can get for the most part. Yeah. And then you're trying other things to adjust the flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're definitely tweaking, like you said, you're tweaking the ratios more than anything else. Like I have, yep. I've never actually seen cold brew where they they change the grind at all yep exactly um so the fun the other fun part about cold brew is that you can do lots of different recipes with it almost more than with like hot coffee like obviously you can make lattes of any flavor um because there's a million different syrups Mm -hmm. so you know there's that but um with cold brew 
there's so much you can do because you don't have to worry as much about like the getting the temperatures just right of the things you're adding um yeah so you can just like splash the milk in there or splash in some cream or heavy cream or whatever and then different kinds of syrups and stuff yeah um i mean cold brew is it's it's actually a great ingredient i mean i think i think everyone knows now that you know i love using it for cocktails um mm-hmm. you know it, it definitely adds like a nice kind of like depth um to cocktails you know a lot of the time it makes it taste more complex it'll add some nice chocolatey notes or add like a smoothness like it's really good in a manhattan um or in a daiquiri so there's a lot that you can do um you can even use it as a substitute for liquor to make like a a mocktail which is really nice so you, you can definitely like play around with it um and there, there is one thing I, I like to do where you can kind of infuse like some gin botanicals in the cold brew while you're steeping it. Um, and then you can kind of make yourself like, you know, like a gin and tonic. But instead, you've got like your cold brew and tonic, which is really, yeah. really refreshing, which is already, you know, a uh, uh, coffee and tonic cold brew and tonic is something that I really enjoy anyway. I haven't had it with the botanicals infused into the cold brew part. Um, so that just sounds like it would make it even better. Um, and since it doesn't have that hotter temperature, you can also, um, mix it with alternative milks easier. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes steaming alternative milks can be really difficult or uh, just not even results, just not work out the same way. So you just can't really get the same, um, consistencies and, and, uh, and, and textures with alternative milks. But in a cold brew, like one of my favorite things to drink ever is, uh, my mom makes a like cold brew, uh, and oat milk and vanilla latte thing. That is just awesome. That sounds really um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Like oat milk is, is, is really good in cold brew. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and same for like soy milk and, and on other kinds of alternative milks. Um, they work really well in cold brew I found. And again, like we were saying before, you can cut the cold brew with water if you want to like add a splash of something like that to it. Or if like what I like to do is just take the concentrate, put some ice in with it and then add something like oat milk over it and do more oat milk than uh, like do the amount of oat milk I would do in terms of water to cut the cold brew. So that way um, you're still getting a lot of the flavor of the cold brew uh, mixing with the milk rather than taking already diluted cold brew and adding a little bit. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. That's honestly like I think oat milk's probably my favorite alternative milk to go with coffee. For sure. And it's I like it better in cold coffee because it's um, it's not impossible to steam it, but um the texture is hard to nail uh, yeah. when steaming. So I think it goes even better with, with cold brew. Um, and like you were saying too, uh, in terms of like when you drink like coffee with, with liquor, it's very much a deliberate, like I need a cup of coffee, but I also want a little splash of something extra <laughs> in something there Something to wake you up and mess you up. Yeah. Whereas with, with cold brew, like you were saying, you can sort of use it more as a flavor additive to cocktails that you're already making, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. 
Um, and yes, it has the caffeine. That is one thing worth mentioning is it, it is pretty, <laughs> the concentrate is pretty highly caffeinated. Yes. Um, that's, that's but, why uh, we drink it straight, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's certainly why I drank it straight at the time, my peak cold brew consumption. Um, but, uh, but you can, it, it also, since it has that rich flavor, you can, you can add it as a splash to other cocktails and, um, and it's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's, I, I love cold brew season because then I'm just, you know, little cocktail after work with some cold brew is mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you have any other thoughts on things you like to do with cold brew? Anything unique? Any ideas? Um, you know, I, I actually don't have anything else. Uh, Pat, I, uh, kind of, I think we, we rang it out yeah, and, really and certainly <laughs> if you, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, you can check out, uh, Ariel has a lot of really good, um, mocktail cocktail just drink ideas over on the youtube channel that are laid out in like detail on how to prepare them and stuff um so certainly head over there if you are interested in uh doing something a little different with your cold brew um but uh with that thank you so much for joining us for this episode thank you ariel for joining me to to talk about this thank you for having me pat Uh, yeah, um, we've had a lot of fun on this episode of the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. If you have a question you'd like to hear right on the podcast, please drop us a line to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know in a review on your podcast platform of choice and tell a friend. And for all your coffee needs, check out uh, seattlecoffeegear.com and head over to our blog and YouTube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee. We will see you next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks.